1: Welcome to episode
2: 369 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and I had the pleasure of working through the preseason transfer buzz just one day before the first preseason match and all the overreactions that come with it, that being Barcelona versus Ola. And I do have to find someone who's going to watch the Barcelona versus Ola, preseason friendly as well. But for now, how's it going, Kevin Williams? Good morning, Dan. How are you? We're doing okay, just waiting for things to go final. So we're going to make a lot of nonsense out of stories that we feel like are Almost to the finish line, but not. So before we get to all that buzz and all that nonsense, what we do know is who's not in preseason training, and so I don't want to do them yet. So I want to dish out some of the choices Xavi will be making. I want to see if you and I can kind of role play a little bit as, as the genius of the Xavi Hernandez. So likely the players, you know, there are players that I'm excited to see that I've mentioned before from the Barca Athletic or who were playing Juvenil A or U19s last year, that being Chadi Riyad, the, the center back, I I'm excited to see him, what he has to, to do. And other players like that, again, Marco Mimo, uh, Mika Marmol, rather, Mark Casado just see what those players are like, sure. But those players notwithstanding, the young ones who are going to be playing with Barcelona Athletic this year, you know, talk, not we're talking about the players in the first team dynamic already. And I want to start with the pivot with that position, of course, because I think against Ola, we've already heard rumblings that Nico Gonzalez will start in that in that pivot spot. And there were also rumors that Xavi has given the thumbs up to him talk to him personally, to not go on loan, which is what Jorge Mendez, his his agent, wanted, and instead go and get some minutes. And basically, it sounds like Xavi said, if you're not going to go on loan, that's because I want you here as the backup for Busquets, even though he plays 40 to 50 matches every season. Um, so Kevin, not asking whether or not you think it'll work out, right? I'm not asking you if you think that Nico's going to be a success. I'm asking you if you think that there's any truth to the fact that Shabby wants him around to play as the pivot, the backup to Busquets.
1: So that's, that is the logical thing for him. As we both know, he regressed last year rather precipitously um, as the season progressed. And I suspect that some of that is not having a defined role really. Like, I mean, he seemed to be the guy with a problem. all right, go out there and beat somebody. Up, right. And I think that, giving him a role. I mean, he does have the passing skills. He has the range. He has more mobility than Busquets. He is a better defender in terms of the physical standard necessary to defend, which is being able to move more than three feet in our direction. So he has all of those qualities. I think that the real question will be, be whether he has the patience because as we both know he loves to roam and whether shavi has the patience i appreciate the move i think he is a player who body and skill set wise makes sense to at least uh, try in that role so we'll see yeah i mean a reminder
2: too is his age that we, we talk about these players like they're, they're done, they're finished products, but he's 20 for six more months. So he's not even 21. And, you know, I, I don't want to use the academy thing as an out for him, but we do see that he knows what to do when it comes to the the one-touch passing, when it comes mm-hmm. to the long balls. And, you know, as I've said many, many, many times before, if Xavi's going to play a pivot, there is no one in world football that he could have brought in that has the long-range passing and decision-making, that combination of Sergio Busquets. It's not happening. There is no one else who has the metrics. I'm not, even just the numbers. I'm not talking about his defensive acumen or anything else involved with Busquets. But if you want a player who's going to play in the Liga, who's going to break through lines the way he does his long passing over the top or through the middle, it, there's no one like Sergio Busquets. It's just it, it, that number is not available. So what can Nico do as his best impression of Busquets? And really, I think it comes down to. Yeah, the formation, of course, if it's a double pivot, then what's what's the point of that? But I, I as we saw, I think you could also play in a double pivot. I think that's not something that's out of the realm of possibility for him in his career. But it seems to me that if Frankie is staying and Cassier is here and even Pjanic might still be forced to be around, we'll get to that in a second. And oh, I know, I know, I know. And then Busi is going to play 40 to 50 times again last year, uh, next year, like I said he did last year that's a tall order for Nico to get minutes if he makes two or three mistakes, right? That's all it's going to take is that does he get that position because if you mess up as the pivot, you cost your team goals. It is a like for like, it's, it's going to be your fault and you're going to be exposed in that way. So if he makes a mistake in three or four matches and Barcelona have dropped nine points due to three Nico errors, I mean, that says a lot more about how why can't Barcelona score more goals and help you know, make up for one goal but that's beside the point. Yeah, let's, let's go some of the other uh, choices and picks here. We'll get to Rafini and Demele as I said in a minute. But even with Ansu hopefully playing 60% of the time, I'm being optimistic, Ferran and maybe Memphis Depay also sticking around, or the potential that Xavi plays a 3-4-3 consistently. So there, there's a lot up in the air. It seems like it's one of Kayato or Abde and not both. And if, port, if reports are true that Xavi is going with Cayado this season, do you think that's the right choice?
1: Yes. And, then, exactly. and what happens to Abde then? I guess well, um, I mean, he goes on. on yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I've i liked, loved that Times Cleado's game for season after season. He's smart on the ball. He's aggressive at the right times. He is, he's grown some in intelligence. I think the thing about Abde is I still don't know if, Uh, What he has, anything more than that one move, and certainly uh, defenders figured him out fairly quickly. Uh, So, I it's the right move for all the reasons, like ball progression, movement of uh, the attack, and I'm still not sure even that that uh, will stick. Right, I think that I mean it's that roster is potentially action packed, and your game is going to have to be a really high level as a young player to be able to hang around. I think for Cayado, his versatility is going to be the thing that's
2: going to keep him around. He can play if Xavi is going to switch and play some high interiors. I mean, which is the way he was going anyway, in that 4-3-3. Callato can play that comfortably. It's what he did at Granada, but he also has the ability to play on the wing. And yeah, it's not, it's not a Xavi winger, if you will, like he wants, but his, as I said, going back to the numbers, the pressures that he put on Granada, it looks... At this point, if you call him a winger, that he is the best defensive winger that Barcelona has, just by showing up, that's by by arriving. The 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 job he did at Granada, and again, that also has a lot to do with the fact that Granada, I mean, they were relegated for a reason. They were put under a lot of pressure. He was forced to defend a lot, but he also did it at a good number. It's not like he was getting blown by like some of the players. Like. Let's put it this way. The Levante comparison, some of the players on Levante who were playing the same position, did not have anywhere near those pressures or tackles or interception or anything because Levante, they were just blown past on the wings there. So Kayado put in a good shift. I think that 6 month loan to Granada did him a lot of good. And I think you're right on that one too. I think Abde, he has the higher ceiling. Of course, Kayado's 24 years old. He has the higher ceiling. But again, think of it as what was last year's 25. And like for like, go down the number. This is the same thing that people compare the Barcelona squad with the Real Madrid squad, right? Like for like. And that's why that's the issue with Barcelona, where they went five, six, seven deep with Real Madrid last year, and then it fell off a cliff, right? And that with it was squad depth and, and why Barcelona yep. couldn't contend. And so this year, do the same thing. How much better is this season's squad going to be than last season's? You line mm-hmm. them up like for like. And it seems to me that Cayado to Puj is like that direct across six midfielder. And Cayado is such an upgrade on Puj as a sixth midfielder, you know, and I know it wasn't the case three, four years ago when they were in the Barca B system together, where Cayado kind of didn't have a position because Puj had that interior spot under Garcia Pimenta on lock. But again, that was a long time ago. Cayado, as he stayed for another year in Barca B, became their captain, became the main guy, sat out unfortunately the six months when he could not get the transfer in time. And then he goes to Granada for six months. So even then, even sitting out six months of, of any playing, he still has played more in the last two seasons than Ricky Pooch, And yeah. you can see that in his game, that his game has continued to develop and he's continued to move on in a way that Puj has had. And again, that's not to, I'm not trying to, to, to denigrate Pooch at all. I'm saying that, again, it's like for like, Kayado has taking that step forward and Pooch has not. And that means Kayado is an upgrade in that sixth midfielder spot. Again, we're arguing about what? seven Copa del Rey matches. Well, I i mean, that's a lot for the Copa del Rey. But four Copa del Rey matches, three... I mean, maybe he'll play... That We won't even play in the Spanish Super League because that's so much money that they require the starting eleven. So you're talking eight, maybe eight La Liga matches. So we're yeah. saying three Copa del Rey, eight La Liga, 11 total matches, maybe 11 to 15 appearances, reevaluating his minutes come January to see if he wants to go on alone. I mean, that, that's what you're talking here.
1: It's going be fine. It's going to be fine. Be, I mean, yeah. I... You know, the bigger... Thing for him is going to be who who stays, right? Who stays and who goes. I mean, I, I think that will affect his future more than any decision that Xavi will uh, be able to make in terms of playing time.
2: Yeah, and I want to add the other domino here that Frankie Young is the domino of all of that. Even if Frankie is going to be playing in a tier and pivot, even if they don't play the same position, I mean, even the like of Sergio Roberto, like his. I think Roberto is the one if anybody is with his new blonde hair sitting there and waiting and saying. So is Dest going to be moved out like you guys keep promising? Is Aspogueta coming in like you keep promising? Is De Jong leaving so there's a spot opening up in the midfield that you guys are promising? Right now, if Dest doesn't leave, Aspogueta comes in, and Frankie De Jong doesn't leave, his renewal was just because of numbers. It had only to do with the renewal to get his number down to, a, to, to help with the, the salary limit. That was the only reason that renewal happened. Uh, Even if Xavi wanted him or was friends with him or, or basically doing him a year of good faith, he's only there because of the books at the moment. And I don't know where even he'll fit if Desk doesn't get shipped out.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE.
1: Cheerleader. Um, I, I don't mean, he, it's weird. So people rate Sergi Maritano way that I fail to comprehend. And they said, well, you know, the manager wants, wants him and they will sort of say the way that people wing cool. But for me, when I watch him play, he's he's just he's not up to necessary level um, anywhere, right? And I think that in terms of context, right? I mean, so in a weak team that is are you seeing are you seeing people oh, you're saying like they're rating him higher?
2: Like they're like people are like in his corner? Because I mean, maybe a little bit in this Catalan press that you know, when when I'll see from the Catalan press, but I don't think I've heard a, a an English speaker or anybody not in Catalonia have his back. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm saying the opposite stuff, because I think
1: people you are really like, have. why not I, he I just smiling nod, Right. Cause I mean, I feel like when you watch him play or, or those are rare times, he's not on our crutches. Um, he's just not up to the level and he hasn't been for some time. And I don't see, I mean, the renewal makes sense in that salary roster realm of, of FF and all
2: that stuff. But my, my guess is he plays very little. Well, here, here's the argument again. I'm, I'll do the whole last season, this season thing again, right? If Roberto and his role in his minutes is a replacement for Mingatha, who played somewhere between eight to 12 matches, if if that's your replacement, Roberto for Mingatha, now I think we're underrating Minge- Roberto, like as just as a professional, as a person on the field. Like Sergio Roberto is a backup in the Liga. He would start on what? 17 of the 20 other Liga squads, right? He would start and he is also still Barca's fourth captain. And that's my real question for Xavi is you have one of your four captains here sitting around on the bench. Is there any need to put him on the field because of his leadership role around the team? And you can ask whether or not that captaincy makes sense for it, right? You can argue if it should have been to Ter Sagan as the fourth instead of Roberto, or at this point now, some other player, like, should it have been, should it at this point be De Jong or some other younger player that's not from Catalonia, just to have a different voice that's not one of the four Catalans, just to kind of to, to, to support, support the non-Catalan locker room, if you will. And is that necessary? So, I mean, those, again, those are other questions that, again, not aren't really up to us, because I believe the four captains have already been decided still and will remain so because they don't change unless somebody leaves. Which again, next year, you get a four entirely new captains with BK, Busquets, uh, and Alba Lake leaving. So uh, speaking of Catalans, for those that watched the history of Catalan football video and podcast that I made last week, thank you so, so much. And I cannot believe you came back for more punishment after sitting through that 20-minute debacle. But for those new Catalan football experts, you'll notice that UE Olat wasn't even in that explainer. That's because they debuted in 1921 and have oscillated between the third and seventh divisions for the last 101 years. So they did get promoted to the fourth tier for this season, but that is saying something. So that said, there isn't much to learn from the Olot friendly because even the formation that Barca will play or the pressing activations or any details whatsoever that I could try to extrapolate will be catered to the players that are in the game and the last few days of training that they had together. But don't worry, that won't stop me, of course, from likely making a five headlines video uh, of those hard and fast rules about the season tomorrow. So that's if I can find the match to to view. But but again, that said, Barcelona, they're likely going to be in ninth gear because they are if they try, they're going to beat the pants off a lot. Don't worry about that. But yeah, so again, there's really nothing to learn other than, you know, if. Once again, if Chadi Riyad has a complete disaster, or those young players from Barcelona Athletic, I think they're, especially Rafa Marquez, will be there and be watching. If they are complete disasters, then they won't even continue on in the preseason, if you will. But if one of them really impresses for some reason, he'll likely come to the U.S. on the preseason tour if those plane tickets aren't already bought. So that's really the only thing that can change. If one of these young players, or especially I think the one you circle more than any is Alex Balday. If Alex Balday can show you something, I don't know why he would have, in two months, taken some huge leap forward. But if he does, obviously Barcelona, yeah, they're probably going to bring in Marcos Alonso. But at this point, they're looking for a backup left back. And again, if Jordi Alba gets injured for any amount of time, I think it should be Chardino Des on the left side. But again, it seems like he might still be sold for financial reasons alone. Uh, so again, Alex Balday, he's the one, obviously, just based on position, who has a lot to prove and could change his standing by really impressing. But once
1: again, it's been two months. What leap could he possibly made in two months? I think one of the things that people seem seem to wrestle with is having players uh, reach their peak at the academy, Mm -hmm. at the team level. And when they ascend to that next rung, they just don't have the skills. And I believe that he's one of those players. And -hmm. and there's no shame in that. Um, He will make a fine professional for some Liga side, some side in Germany, maybe, right? I mean, he is talented. He's just not not Barcelona first-team talented. He's just not. You know, that's actually an interesting thing because I
2: actually feel about Balde when I see him play the opposite. I've always got the sense that if his teammates were better, I mean, and this is not just like because he's this, the, high, the, the highest riser. I'm saying that because of his physical tools, if his teammates are better, if you have a player like Busquets, Putting him in positions to succeed, I think his physical tools make him available if his teammates were playing one touch or a little bit better in that case. So I know I know it seems counterintuitive that you you're a worse player with the B team, but we have I think there are examples of that where we've seen when players make that jump to the first team, they're able to rise their level because of their teammates getting better around them. And I, I you know I, I could easily be talked and swayed your way as well that that he may not have that level in him, and that's again totally possible. Uh, especially on the defensive side of things. Like it's totally possible that he does not have that in his game at all, but he's one of those examples of the players from the B team or from Barcelona athletic that I'd like to see it. And I feel like this is a, what would happen a long time, especially under Ernesto Valverde. That was one of the great frustrations that we would hear about, you know, again, going back to revisionist history, but hearing about Ricky Pouge and the other B team players are always ready to, to punch through, but whenever they would get called up to the first team for Copa del Rey or, what, or La Liga, it would be complete rotation. So they'd be playing with first-team players that only played once every three months, right? They were playing with Umtiti or whoever. And that's not going to be the version that you need to see of them. What I want to see from Balde is basically eight to nine regular starters. And then Balde and we'll say some other, uh, you I should call my son the right wing, right? Where those guys aren't even near each other. It's the, it's the Barca B or Barca Athletic right winger. And it's the Barcelona Athletic left back. Let's see what those two can do with this, this other group like if and if they look so so underneath it whatever but speaking of wingers you came here for some serious stuff as they say Kevin so you never once am I'm, I'm shifting gears quickly here you never once left Dembele's corner so it's it's weird I am not so I have more setup for you if it helped Yeah. out so I mean I think yeah you, you, you probably took so a breath, breath air outside I mean a fresh air outside Right. I think you you stepped out just for a second, took a breath in, but you never again, you were always in his corner like Rocky. But, you know, right back in when the lights got brighter.
1: But yeah, please. (laughs) So my view is that um, he's an immense talent. And I think that when he came back, that's when Shabby Ball took off. Right. Um, I think um, he's an idiot. I think his manager is an idiot. I think his manager almost mismanaged him out of football his manager managed him into a worse deal than he could have gotten had he signed the contract that they offered him uh, more than a year ago. Um, I, I still don't know if the player we saw the last part of the season is the real A, right? I mean, obviously, we've seen him on and off. Like, uh, he doesn't seem to have a real stat. He has a, a toggle switch. Right? He's on and he's on. And I don't know if he's ultimately uh, consistent enough at a reliable level uh, to justify all of this, right? And the you know club keeping the light on the window because Xavi has not demanded it. So being in his corner is more of a misnomer. It's someone who uh, believes in the usefulness of his skill set for Xavi's team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there was no one better that Xavi could call on uh, to do that job. Um, I think he is one of the most uh, talented wingers in world football when he's connected to the match, right? I mean, when he's not, he's just a mess. And so, I mean, it's, will he uh, renew it? Seems likely that he will. And in the context of the Rafinha deal being now, Reported by reliable sources that it's that agreed. So many questions come up, right? I mean, I, I mean, I was like, you know, my view on Dem, uh, Dembele was that the club should have withdrawn the offer um, about a month ago and said, you know, you want to play hardball, let's roll. My guess is they didn't own it because Shabi said, hang on, right? I mean, he needs to repay Shabi. He does. Mm-hmm. I mean, Xavi Sh- bailed him out in January. Xavi seems to have bailed him out now, um, and that's you know just despite a manager bound and determined to mismanage his player's career in Belgium or some frigging where he needs he
2: needs to repay Xavi, right? And let's hope he can. Yeah. I mean, the where I've agreed with you, this whole point is that once Dembele signs the dotted line for Barcelona on this contract extension, then you're right. I mean, all the pain and all the drama and all that stuff is over. But for you and I, as Barcelona supporters, this is the perfect case scenario. This is exactly what, like, if, if, if we just have not in the back of the club, but if we're just one of the best for FC Barcelona on the field, then Barcelona are, gonna, are in a good spot because he's, as you said, there's no one like him in Xavi mm-hmm. system, if that's what you get out of him. And even after all that drama for Barcelona, Al- Alamani and Laporte, they come out winners here. If this is a contract of 2024 and he is taking a 40% salary reduction, which does put him right around 14 mil a year, which is snugly in between the 400,000 that separates Ansu at 13.9 and Frank Kessier at 13.5. So, oh yeah, Kessier at 13.5 and only 400,000 less than Ansu. Now that free transfer market makes sense, right? Like now, when you see his wages, that makes a little sense. So it restructures the new top seven salary structure based on current deals with the thought that Demolay is signing at that number. So again, that's the the assumption that he's taking that 40% reduction. So, I mean, do you want to play this as a game or do you just want me to throw out the top seven to you? Do you want to try to guess the top seven?
1: I couldn't possibly. I mean, I would imagine that given what uh, Bartomeo did to Young's probably up there. I don't know if he should be, but he probably is. I mean, I know that the three of the captains are up there. Um, I high possibly guess the rest done. Sure yeah, it's crazy. Well, I've been talking through recent weeks that Busquets and
2: Alba are high above on the top of that mountain, making just an insane number that's impossible to bring down unless they agree to those deferred payments. But again, you're just pushing it down the road. So take your lumps now with those two in particular. De Young, as you mentioned, is number three, which is why Barcelona is trying to get his wages off the books because it's even going to rise. So he, that being De Young is going to be the Alba Busquets problem. That's why they're trying to get rid of him now. Because even if his number is fair as a top three earner, it's yeah. it's just going to get worse. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. Even if it was fair now, it's going to get worse. And he's going to be the number one earner, the minute Busquets and Alba leave. Number fourth, I mean, number four is you're going to see a huge problem with the can the players go. Pjanic is number four at 15.6 million a year, just 400,000 behind De Young. So next time anyone complains about De Young, I want to remind you that, that Barcelona will likely have a player, or even if he goes on loan, will likely be playing, paying the wages of a guy making 15.6 million euros this season and half a million less than Frankie De Young. And so is there a reason why Pjanic isn't being being courted by Chelsea and Manchester United and Manchester City. And yeah, there's a reason for that. So Barcelona has a huge problem on their hand in uh, Milan and I just want to warn everybody about that. And then behind him, one would be Ansu, Dembele and Kessie, as we already discussed. And then as a quick aside, it's not all bad. You and I were talking about before we, we hit record here. Eric Garcia and Alice Cayado both make less than 3 million or less. That Collado, is at like 1.5, which is again, tremendous value, right? Think about what, Pianic gives you for 15.6 and think about what Eric Garcia gives you for, for right around three or what, again, Alex Kayato gets you for 1.5. And I mean, that's a big question too, about Xavi and Caiado. is that at Kayato 1.5, you still have to pay Dembélé 13.7 or 13.8 or whatever it is. And so you just, what can you get value wise? Uh, but that's not Xavi's job. That's the war's job and whatever. So that continues that them having a huge
1: problem with Pianic. Uh, what do you think Pianic? Just making the back a pivot. Just <laughs> No, you gotta get him out of there. I mean, I yeah. think the, the biggest ja Alemani and the um, board will have this summer, right? And the window is what a month and a half mm-hmm. left, right? I mean, they have to get rid of players that aren't going to play with our wage burden, right? When TT is one, I mean Ren has doubts about his fitness apparently. My guess is they have more doubts about his wage um than his fitness um uh Pjanic is another um they found a new forever home for a long I just think that I mean, and more than dollars, right they have to you know clean up the roster so that players who are there, right know they're there, you get a solid roster. I mean there's no point in having uh having MTT on your uh, roster. if you, I mean if the rumored deal for Kunte happens, you got Piqué, Koundé, um, um, Christensen, Aruho. I mean, it, it, there's no, there's, there are zero available minutes for MTT, and so players like that, hey, you got to get them gone. And I think that uh, Pjanic wasn't at the level when he was at the club. He's not going to be at that level now. I don't know how they get him gone, but you got to get him gone. Those two.
2: Right. Yeah. And for Pjanic, that, that letter of, of freedom or that letter of uh, whatever it may be, the letter of, you know, goodbye, we'll pay the rest of this. Then you can see you on your way. At 15.6, that's physically impossible. That They cannot write that letter for him. They can, as I was saying at the beginning, Mangeetha is probably the only one number wise, maybe Pooj, that they could write that letter for and say, all right, we're going to eat this cost because we want to free up that salary on, on the books. And that would be it. Like it would just be Mangeetha. And Again, his number is so low that it's like you just try to continue to work on him in preseason. Like, hey, you see that 18-year-old kid? He's going to play over you. So just please understand the message here that you, like Valencia will take you or whoever it may be will take you in the first division. And you're a first division rotation player, so just go and play there. And same thing with Ricky Poos, right? Like, you know, I, I've got kids from the U15s that are coming up and they're going to play over you. <laughs> so
1: just get, yes. get, get the message loud and clear. Based on what is happening So far, this season is going to be interesting. I think that um, I think that Porta is taking a huge gamble, right? And that he is, I don't care what anybody says, he's doing a payday loan, right? He is pulling levers to buy a new car And, and he's hoping that that car will be so fast and so shiny and so flashy that nobody will recognize that the owner's home is empty, full of uh, rickety furniture. And if the that pays off, I mean, the rumors of the uh, uh, Lewandowski numbers are eye-opening. Um, and then you also have Kune and you still haven't adequately solved your fullback uh, problem, right? I mean, I don't think Chelsea cast-offs are solving the fullback problem. Um, then you've got Dest, who's a oft-injured cipher, and... And Alba, who uh, for me wasn't up to it defensively last year, and sure won't be this year. So the team will still have welcome mats on the flanks unless they do the uh, the uh, Kunde, and then you do a three-four-three three with him, Christensen, and um, Den right, which solves your fullback problem, right? Because there aren't they, and it lets you stack the mid. Deal, which is already a very crowded slot for Xavi. So, I mean, Laporta has taken a huge risk, a massive one. And well, I don't think he's betting the future of the uh, club on it because I, you know, it's crazy, Barcelona is way too big to fail. I think he is making some Bartomeo esque moves financially, mm-hmm.
2: and we will see. Yeah, I mean, if I had to just trust my gut on what business can be done and will be done, I'm gonna guess that when the dust settles, it will be Rafinha, Marcus Alonso, Asca as well as already Kessie and Christensen. And I would say Kunde is really, really difficult, as yeah. is, as is Lewandowski, because it's I mean, those together could be up to 150 million depending on where that goes with add-ons and everything with Sevilla, you could be talking an 80 to 90 million euro deal. And with Lewandowski, that thing could raise up to 60 or 70. And they have, if they're going 72 million guaranteed for Rafinha... It's just, you can't, it's gotta, you has gotta be one per season for one of those. So, uh, you know, and then I would also add too, that if the MLA is renewing and you add Rafinha, that's not, that's, I'm not worried about that because it's the same position, that's a really important position in shopping system, arguably the most important system because it helps you, you can play a 3-4-3 three, three with that. You can also play in a four three three and have those be the two catalysts. And it, I think, easily becomes a top one, two punch on the wing in the world. The only thing about Rafinha is that it's a lot. 72 million euros is a lot. A 25 year old coming off the best season of his career. There's a lot of questions being asked of a player that was on a team fighting relegation. Again, Leeds United say that Leeds United fans say that, hey, there were times that he was the guy. He was the only guy that we had. But uh, the consistency that's going to be asked of him and the stage of which he'll have to play on is a lot different than Sporting CP and Leeds United. So uh, now we're on the peripheral of the squad. The only other winger business to talk about, I guess, is that Sporting CP. Now, this is official stuff. We talked about getting players out, and there are some players you can get out. So Sporting CP has paid 10 million euros, five million to be paid this year for Francisco Trincao. Barca has a three-year buyback clause for a player that they did spend 30 million plus on a few years ago from Braga, which, yeah, that's a lot of money in hindsight. He struggled with Wolves in the EPL last season, so it's back to Portugal at just 22 years of age. Plenty of time left for him though, Kevin. And I think we will, my prediction for him is we're going to keep seeing him in the Champions League. Wait, wait, wait. I I think we're going to keep seeing him in the Champions League group stages more often than not, but usually only for teams in the group stage for the next maybe seven, eight, 10 seasons or so. So we're talking about Sporting CP or the peripheral of the, or just wherever that may be, whether, I don't think it's going to be in France, it'll be in Portugal likely for Benfica or Sporting CP uh, or Porto if they are able to get back to the mountain or he'll go to the Bundesliga and play for the the Leverkusens, be a depth option for the Leverkusens or the, the Mönchengladbachs of the world. I think that's about where his level is supposed to be. Remember, I mean, he really was, I mean, having watched him in those eight matches or whatever, or was scored eight goals rather, but in the 30 matches at Braga, he had a lot of potential then. He still has a lot of potential. He has a lot of physical tools. His positioning is good. Defensively, he's fine. The foundation of him as a player is where it needs to be. But this guy at 22 just needs to play. And we're noticing now the last season and a half, we learned that confidence is a huge thing for him. So to gain his confidence, he's going to have to put the ball in the back of the net against players that are worse than him, if that makes any sense, right? Like he's going to have to just say, I'm the best player on the field here. This is my team. I'm the guy. And he's going to have to become the guy. And that might take another even two to three years. Another reminder, again, Rafinha, that Barcelona is paying 72 million euros for, is 25 years old. And he played at CP when he was 20, 21 years old. And he was able to kind of become the guy, figure it out there. Uh, For him, coming from Brazil, it was a little not easier, but while well, not easier, it's even harder. Cause yeah, he would come from Brazil, but still they spoke Portuguese. So those are the Portuguese league was a good spot for both of those players to kind of figure out who they are at this age and figure out who they need to be. But yeah, I would never expect to encounter back in Barcelona. That was, that was not
1: what I was saying, Kevin, <laughs> you know, that. I mean, that's no question. I mean, it was an, an interesting thing. You find out that a player isn't at the necessary level and you do what you have to do to get him gone. And that's what uh, uh, Barcelona have done. The buyback is, is purely ornamental and it helps the player feel better. It helps his, his agent feel better, um, but he's gone. He's just gone, and should be soft enough to rest you your weary head on at night.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I wonder the way that that policy is being done. Now we've heard Alamani in the past and Xavi's, I mean, Xavi was one of the big advocates for this, that if you don't want to be at Barcelona, we don't necessarily want you at Barcelona. And I talked about him a few weeks ago, uh, Malero from Las Palmas, Alberto Malero, the left winger who same next Pedri. none of that is real. If you actually watch the players, at different players, but Malero again with him, where there's smoke, there's fire because he keeps getting every two or three months linked to Barcelona. And I think that is because the player is not only open to Barcelona, but also open to a five to six million euro deal plus add-ons to come to Barcelona. Very much like that's where the Pedri comparisons begin with me. Same thing with Arnaud uh, Arnaud Martinez of Girona, the right back, the young right back where if he's going to come for even Girona getting promoted to the Liga, totally fair for them to ask 10 million. That's one of the examples where them getting promoted, especially coming as the lowest ranked team in the playoff. I don't think they were expecting to come along when they were having conversations with him in January, February, March. So that calculus because of them getting promoted could very much have changed. And now they're asking for 10 to 12, which is again, totally fair. Remember Girona is also partially owned by Manchester City. So obviously city is like, Hey, you know, you're not going to sell that player on our dime for less than, you know, what now he's worth as a first team, as a first division player. But that said, if he's willing to take that player is willing to say, hey, I'd like to come for whatever it takes for whatever, five to seven million plus add-ons based on other stuff. So where those players at that age, between 19 and 21, well, for those, those are 18 and 19, Malero and Martinez respectively, but they're going to wind up just like Pedri. Because no matter what Pedri costs Barcelona for Las Palmas, it's going to be a great deal. He's already worth, I think it was up to 25 million with the add ons. And I think he probably reached half of those already. And so 25 million is going to be a steal for Pedri even. But if he had failed, he would have failed for 5 million, where that player can restart his career. When Trincao, and I bring this up all because when Trincao came for 30 plus add ons at 19 years old, that's a death sentence and again this going back to the mismanagement of, of Bartomeu. you could say Piant was a big mismanagement you could say that paying the huge wages of Mutiti and all that was a mismanagement but even down to the Trincao deals I just I it was so frustrating that the man and that board they messed up every aspect you could do they messed up the the contracts with older experienced players they messed up the renewals with their own players and they messed up the deals with the young players all of those were wrong and the young player <laughs> deals now are the ones that I have a little bit of Optimism for because it seems like Xavi is saying we want kids that want to come here that have high potential and we're willing to pay all the add-ons later on. Which again, that's good business for a big club like Barcelona, where you don't have to start a career by bringing a kid under the huge expectations of big numbers.
1: Mm-hmm. Look, that was the main problem with Dembele. If, if Dembele cost fifty million instead of one hundred mm-hmm. million, he's looked at even now. Completely differently um, But 140 million You expect a, a player to hang the moon And and he was not That kind of player At Dortmund And he's never going to be that kind of player At uh, Barcelona but What he is going to be is a catalyst And if think uh, He will once again Lead the league And not uh, being a Big metrics guy So I don't believe in like key passes and stuff like that. Um, But I think that um, you might see 20 assists uh, this season from him. That is, that's if he stays fit the full season. And I think that, I don't know if they need to, not knowing how Obama Yang will be fully settled and not knowing how Fati might function as a nine if you put rough, and Dembélé on the wings. I don't know if the club really needs to keep chasing that Lewandowski deal. Because really what you need is someone who will be there to bang in those balls coming in off the wings and that you don't need to pay what Lewandowski costs for that. Uh, The biggest thing Barcelona has to fix is uh, the defense. In ninety. 98% Five, 98% of their matches, they scored enough, enough goals to win without, had they not let in silly, silly goals, right? I mean, you have to fix the main problem, which for me is not scoring goals, it's keeping goals out.
2: Well, as I said many times, like Lewandowski will make all the sense in the world. Again, the guy scored almost 50 goals the last seasons plus. I mean, he just like, even at 34, he still has it. So it's the right number. Lewandowski is still going to make sense to me because he's going to change games. Just unequivocally, he's going to change games at the number nine. Fine. But uh, to your point, I completely agree that between Aubameyang onto playing nine, sometimes again, you don't have to get rid of Memphis if you don't bring in Lewandowski as well as Farron Torres. Again, we're, we're talking about Farron Torres and, and Memphis to buy Like they're complete wild cards. Like they, like they're, like their lowest level, their bait, their, their floor is, is just a bottomless pit of nothing. And there are these disasters of the players. Like, no, Memphis partially carried that attack for the first half of the season or the first two or three months. And yeah, they were an eighth place team at that point, but he still had to be the primary focal point of the offense. And then again, for all that we argued about Farron Torres, his numbers, his actual goal and assist numbers, he, uh, unlike Dembele, who's, who's a winning player, but doesn't have the metrics to necessarily back it up other than the, just the assists, Farron Torres just scores goals and gets assists. And his frustration for them is what he doesn't do or what he did not convert. But if he gives you the numbers, he provides you just, again, the flat goals and assist numbers, he's going to be just fine being the what third option as the nine or the backup left winger and the backup right winger. Again, just like Kayato, he has not only versatility, but his product is enough, especially at 22 years old and the wages of which he's making. Remember Ferran Torres also took a reduction in salary as well to play for Barcelona. One of the, he was one of those examples. So, Torres is going to be a player that once again, Kevin, I'm going to find myself probably defending because what people want him to be and expect him to be is a, not what he's being paid for. And B, I think his con- his actual goal and assist contributions are going to be equal to his role on the team. And I think that's what's going to happen for Ferentura Torres so but people again are going to just expect the world of him. All right, last two pieces of business. And I don't even think you're going to have anything to respond with this. Along with Trincao, Raymanaj is heading to Watford officially in the championship. So, and honestly, Kevin, if Farron Jukla wasn't adding depth and wasn't kept around, then I don't think Minaj was the answer either. Uh, he's in his nope. mid 20s already. So uh, I will say, though, about Jukla, a reminder, he did bring in six million, which is like about 800 percent profit if only considering his wages on a free transfer the year before. So pretty good. Finally, Barcelona doing some good business on Jugla with an 800% or whatever it was, a thousand percent profit. But finally, Mateus Pereira, say goodbye to him of Barcelona Athletic. He is heading to Ibar at 24 years old. Finally looked last year like somebody who'd survive in the top two divisions as a player. We'll, We'll say that. So ideally in the second division, but that does make Barcelona Athletic even younger, and that's a Rafa Marquez problem. But I, I did think that Mateus Pereira was going to stick around as one of those experienced heads. But again, he's 24. Yeah. This is the time for him to try to figure it out, try to figure out what my level is. Remember, he came from Juventus as, I mean, he was not ready for prime time yet, and he wound up at 24. I guess he's finally there. It took. It, he was, wound up being a late bloomer, so I, I got good for him. Same thing with Ray Minaj. Good for them. You know, they're 24, 25 years old, or I think Minaj is going to be 26. So good for you. Figure it out. Be professionals. And, you know, their time at Barcelona, with Barcelona B in particular, uh, they needed experienced heads. And I have to say, though, positive-wise, Barcelona has brought in a a bunch of, the last, we're talking six, seven, eight years, they brought in a lot of players that were between 22 and 27 that were supposed to help out as old heads. And between Minaj, Mateus Pereira, and then remember Fati, who was now playing at Cadiz, those are three of the better examples of guys that just they they helped out Barca B. They just were in the locker room. Don't know what they did there, but on the field they kind of just raised the whole level. They said, "Hey, we want to be professional professionals, so we gotta we gotta we gotta fight for something for our careers."
1: Years ago, I wrote a piece that basically said uh, the Barcelona system makes uh, it makes players that will be good professionals. If you pull a hundred players into that system right um 90 of them will go on to be um you know pros for other clubs that's and that percentage is because what that system teaches you is the fundamentals of what you need uh, to be successful as a professional now those remaining 10 players you get a couple will just bust out you'll get maybe three or four with enough mojo to make the first team and you'll find that with I think you'll probably find that you know Barca has a fairly high percentage in terms of that uh progression right success wise and I mean that's as it should be if you are a top 10 club there aren't going to be many youth players good enough right to make your first team At that weird stretch where um there was the all um, must see 11 and they were all at a high level once in a lifetime right it will likely never happen again and people need to just forget that that happened most players that come through that system will be i feel bad for both these guys because major injuries derailed what would have likely been first team barcelona careers but like isaac um uh cuenca Mm-hmm. And then Oriel Abus uh, who I watched play and thought, "Oh my gosh, he's just—I mean, just slide him in, right?" And then he had major injuries. But I mean, those guys are top-level players, and that's it. So it mean, will be awesome at that level. They'll all be awesome at that level, and we just need to be very careful about, you know, in blading someone. Well, reminded both those guys came at 22 as well.
2: They're not. Yeah. Uh, La Masia players. So they the no, are. Yeah. The argument system, with, right through right. the system. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. the argument with Barca B players. And if you're going to bring in a guy who's 22, 23, 24, who's never going to be in the Barca first team, like those two are brought in as, then you got to hope that they help Barca athletic. Like, that's, like, the requirement. That's basically the, the base, again, the base requirement. If you're over 24 years old or 23 or 22 and you're coming into the the, the B team at Barcelona, meaning you're going to – you're choosing to play in the third division. Like, you're not choosing to play in the third division at 23 because you have dreams of the first team. And that said, like, Mateus Pereira made one appearance. Minaj made, I think, three appearances or something, or four appearances for the first team. So they got their oh, moment, I think. Uh, right.
1: Yeah, so, and that's it. And now here's my final um... – wildcard question for you. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about since the since the, uh, Kunde stuff started. So if you are sitting in the boardroom, do you throw in that what's probably gonna be 70 or 80 mil for for Kunde? Or do you say, hey, maybe we should place a call over to Nice to see what um, old <laughs> John Clare costs? <laughs> I you're doing this. <laughs> um,
2: uh, what do you do? I, I mean, I think with the depth that Barcelona has at the back, I, I think Tadipo is the a, a cheaper option. I just continue to go back. That Like, it's this one club that's, that John Claire Tadebo is never going to play for again it's Barcelona. It's just, I, I, just, no. I, I just think this bird is bird. I mean, I always agree with you. I always agree with you on this. That Now, now Koundé is one of those examples where I think he's worth $60 million, though. I, I do. I think he's, as a, as a center back for what Barcelona wants, Look at what he did for Sevilla. It just when we talk about system players, the best version of Koundé is playing under Xavi at Barcelona, right? I if 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 I was actually a Manchester United supporter, I would not want Koundé. Well, I would want Koundé, but it just he I, I, Ten Hag. Actually, I want to give Ten Hag like an opportunity, but like there are places where Koundé would not fit or make sense. But to me, Koundé fits Chelsea. perfectly at FC Barcelona or at Chelsea, right? Uh, he fits yeah, he, perfectly in those systems. So I think Kunde is one of the examples where, yeah, if it was Todibo for 15 to, I mean, at this point, he should be asking 15 to 20. I mean, for a under 23 center back, that's arguably going to step in and be a starter at any team. Like, I think they should ask 20, 25 plus add-ons. And so it's like, out of principle, once again, out of principle, can this group of Alamani and Xavi, who, I mean, I, you know, it goes back to the very first thing about Dembele. I think Xavi and his belief about if you want to be here, be here. If you don't, don't was Dembele has pushed that to the very limit, where that was Xavi's stance for a long time. And now Xavi finally met his match with a guy that he wanted. And the the proof is in the pudding, and this is the final point here about Dembele that yes, his agent
1: completely
2: mismanaged it and you know bottled it, whatever you want to say to Susoko, but Usmani Demele wanted to be an FC Barcelona player under Xavi, and that is why he's re-signing that renewal. At the end of the day, that's what mattered, that Demele wanted to play under Xavi at this club. And And that was enough to get all the numbers and all the other gobbledygook. It came down to football at the very end of it. And if, listen, if Todibo wants to come back to Barcelona and that's where he wants to put his heart, then yeah, that conversation would do him and Xavi. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. But then that's the only way that is possible for whatever the number may be, 15. And I would expect if he wants to come to Barca, that fee, especially with Nice and the financial situation that they're in. And it's not just yeah. them. it's a lot of those clubs in league. 1. Huh? I think 15, though, would be what they would accept. 12, or 12 plus add-ons or something going up to 20. I think that would be the number. Yeah, and I mean, the...
1: A reason I raised the uh, uh, question, uh it will never happen is like they're both they're both what what umtiti was, right mm-hmm. I mean they're both that exact kind of player uh they can drive the ball, they're quick, they're good in the air. they can play like mids if you need them to. and it's fascinating to me to uh, having spent a ton of time watching, both of them how close they are in terms of skill sets and all so abilities but, but as you know uh this is one club devo will never play for again as i said before we'll say again valverde has blood on his hands right with yeah. that uh player we did him a dirty
2: so with that i mean if you're asking me Kunde or Lewandowski, i i think i already broke that one down as well i already discussed that so to me i think the clubs Say order of operations, if you will, it ends with Kunde and Kunde can't be that final domino. That's why I say I don't think is coming because you cannot you cannot talk me through Rafinha, then Marcos Alonso and Azlaquetta, then Lewandowski, then you're gonna have still 70 left over for that negotiation with 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 Sevilla for Kunde with Chelsea patrolling. Like and again, I think Chelsea was willing to lose because they just brought in Raheem Sterling, they were willing to lose on the Rafinha stuff. But if you're going to take away their depth pieces and their captain in Aslaquetta and Alonso, and then again you have to go out and and I mean Bayern Munich is going to try to ring it dry, and then again you're finally getting back to Sevilla when other clubs really want Kounde. Like Kounde would have to be the priority right now. Where you're saying you know heck with Marcos Alonso, heck with Cueta, we're going to get Koundé and then we're going to worry about it all later because Araujo can play right back. I know it's not ideal, but he can play right back. And Xavi, I think, believes he can play right back. Christensen can play right back. Koundé can play right back as well. Again, if you go to three at the back, you don't have to worry about. Sergino Desk can play left back as a backup for Jordi Alba. So whether you're playing four at the back or three at the back, you have the versatility and you, Potentially, you could just manage, you could figure it out without Marcus Alonso and Azpileta being added for full depth, for full back depth, if you will. And there's also a very good argument, too, that even though Azpileta more naturally is a right back, having Araujo as a right back spot is just fine. And I think you're going to see Xavi do it this season in big moments, more often than you think, because with Garcia, yeah. because of Garcia, Christensen and PK, those three guys you do not put on an island out on the, on the wings, like in a case of emergency, that doesn't happen. So Rajo, <laughs> as, as much as Araujo is probably the best version of a center back that Barcelona has, especially as a sweeper, he's still going to be the guy I think that moves out, right? Because likely in those big matches, who are you facing? You're facing Vinny Jr. You're facing these just peak, peak, these, these peak, uh, wingers and that's what you're facing. So Kevin, final word for you. What, what do you, as far as the preseason,
1: what are you looking forward most to the gold jerseys? Is it it's as simple as that? <laughs> Not much. I mean, I think I mean, you can't tell anything from pre-season. The biggest yeah. thing I'll be looking for is to not get people hurt. That's, that's the biggest thing i am looking for in pre-season. Um, uh, don't get anybody hurt, and that's it.
2: Perfect. All right. Well, Kevin, I think we went over all of it and I appreciate you coming on again. So next time I th- I'll talk to you, we'll be in it. We'll be in the trenches of the 2022-23 season. So, uh, of course, people can follow you on Twitter down in the show notes below. Always an enjoyable follow there. We are on Twitter and Instagram as well. The Barcelona Pod at isco 13 for me. Close Facebook group, Patreon, YouTube. You know where all that stuff is as well. Then our merch store. I was wearing the Ola kool shirt today uh, inspired by Frances Tomas, of course. But thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. For the Barca.